Welcome to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Now sit back, relax, and rewind your mind. Reminisce with friends you didn't even know you had. And if you weren't there, then this is news to you. Hey, what's up? I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We're here with a very special uh, edition of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. So, let's just let's just start out with, do, do you remember watching late night TV back in like, uh, say the 80s? Oh, yeah. And we always would watch like Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live or... Um was it USA's Up All Night? USA's in the 90s, but... Yeah, USA's Up All Night. I think it was around in the late 80s. So, there was a special feel about late night TV. Late night TV on a Saturday night? On a Saturday Friday, night. Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. So, you know, you would have Saturday Night Live, which would kind of push boundaries. Then, my Saturday nights, probably um, mid to, you know, mid to late 80s, I was probably about, you know, 12 years old. And I would watch Saturday Night Live and I would struggle to stay awake for, for one reason. But there was Saturday Night Live. Then Freddy's Nightmares would come on. I love Freddy's Nightmares. Freddy's Nightmares was awesome. And it was when he always wake up like he was like in an alley or something. Like, oh, the heck. Yeah, or he would have like little... The, the show itself wouldn't necessarily be about Freddy. No, it, it was never about Freddy. It, it was, was just he about, might appear in him. Yeah, it was it was kind of, it was like watching Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, or, or Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. So it would be something bad would happen to this person, and then Freddy would come in and narrate. Yeah. In between, and like for the commercial breaks, he would always come in and, and have a little smart ass comment or whatever. I think I think that did a little bit better than uh, Friday the Thirteenth series. The Friday the Thirteenth series was kind of rough because yeah. it had nothing to do with. Jason Voorhees. Nothing at all. It was about cursed objects in a warehouse. Yeah. But, so, Freddy's Nightmares almost would be like Freddy taking the part of the Crypt Keeper and taking that role and just kind of being the narrator. Yeah, which I think was, which is actually really cool. Yeah. Well, they had, that would come on after. Then, uh, there was a show called Monsters, which was another, like, Tales uh, of Monsters Dark was cool. Monsters was awesome. I think we, ta- we, did, we talked about that a little bit on obscure TV shows. We yeah. Did, we did. And I, I loved Monsters. That was, it's yeah. still, it's on, I think, Amazon Prime now. Yeah, I found it on Prime, and I think yeah. it's free on Prime. Yeah. So, Monsters was cool. Another, but it's one of the, it's one of the, it's one, that's one of those shows where it's kind of dated, and it's rough to watch. Some of it is kind of rough to watch. Um, then they had Tales from the Dark Side, which, in my opinion, one of the greatest openings of the all these uh, kind of episodic horror TV shows was uh, was Tales from the Dark Side, and there were all kinds of very famous directors. George Romero did yep. Tales from the Dark Side. Tom Savini did some. Uh, just a lot of iconic uh, directors would take an episode and do it. Well, then after that, you're getting in there about two in the morning, and the reason that I stayed up all night is because Glow would come on. The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Yes. And Glow was amazing. As a wrestling fan, back then, I mean, Glow kind of started, you know, or was it was kind of founded in 85. It's when they kind of got their, their wheels turning. Well, back in 85, you didn't, you didn't watch or see a lot of women wrestling. 
women were considered like a feature and almost like uh, an attraction. It's like we're going to have, you know, Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper are going to wrestle in the main event. Yeah. And we're going to have, you know, Mad Dog Vachon's going to wrestle so-and-so. And, and they would have all their named wrestlers. And then they would just say, uh, and a women's match. No, they didn't even necessarily yeah, they didn't really promote name, it. They didn't necessarily even name, the, the, you know, the women. Well, I don't know if that was a McMahon thing. Or not back then, but no, it was it was all of them. They they all just considered the women kind of second rate. But no, the the women were kind of they were considered like a a feature. You know, people would people would come. It was it, they were on par with the wrestling bear. Yeah, the guy that would wrestle a bear. That was kind of how they were treated. But with glow, glow was so their arm candy. Yeah, yeah, they were like a valet. They didn't. If they wrestled, they wrestled one match, and that's all you got on that card. Where these days, the women carry the shows in some cases. They main event wrestling. Oh, yeah, I agree, man. I think I think the women yeah. wrestling today is, is saving what WWE is today. Absolutely. Well, they... there you know, So there were women wrestlers clear back into, like, the 50s and 60s. Yeah. But I feel that GLOW really put them to the forefront. They said, you can make an entire television show of women wrestling and people will watch it. Here it is. They were, uh, honestly, Glow was the first promotion, the first American promotion that had a television program that was just dedicated to women, which, that's fantastic. Yeah. They really kind of broke that that, gr- that barrier. Gr- yeah. You know, they broke that barrier and... Uh, they didn't really take a a serious approach to it. Now, the women wrestling were serious. They were all athletes. But they kind of integrated, eventually integrated more entertainment aspects into it. Um, do, you, do you remember? I mean, I know you've seen a little bit of Glow. Yeah. They always would, like, open up with a song. They would sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then before their matches, instead of doing an interview like the guys would... They would do a little rap song about their opponent, or like a, a diss track almost, or they would rap about how great they were, yeah. you know, or what they were going to do in this match, or the good girls would would, you know, basically be like, you know, hey, I'm gonna get out there and try my best, you know, and that's what their little rap would be about. But they had like little music video clips they would do. They would they had a, they really focused on characters. So, well, they, they, they focus on the characters so they can keep the audience intrigued and give them, some, give them entertainment other than just, like, okay, here's this match, and we're going to go to the next match. Right. You know, there was no in-between, or there were, there were, they, they had that in-between that other wrestling companies weren't doing. Yes, it wasn't just, these two were going to fight, there they fought, wasn't it a great fight. It would be, there, they, they, there was their match, now they're going to... Have the, here's this little you know interlude that might tell part of the story, yeah. or it's going to accentuate that character. Or they had they had that build up. Yeah, they had more of a storytelling, entertainment aspect to them. And I I can remember you know some of the uh, some of the characters because it was the characters were a big driving part behind behind Glow. 
you had like the the uh, Hollywood fashion girls, yeah, uh, Tina Ferrari and Ashley Cartier, which Tina Ferrari went on to be Ivory later yeah. in, in WWE. Um, so they were like the ultimate good girls. They, you know, and then when she went, when she was in WWE, she was the ultimate bad girl for a, a period of time. She yeah. was like the ultimate bad girl, but they had a definite division of good girls and bad girls in Glow. So, like the the good girl characters would be like the farmer's daughters, and there was like three of them. Yeah, um, they had uh, the Southern Bells, which. They came out in the big southern, you know, like Gone with the Wind looking dresses. You had the Americana. Americana was like the, the all-American the all girl. Fa- yeah, the face almost. Yeah. Um, they had, you know, just really strong characters. On on the bad girl side, they had the headhunters that, it, almost like a, uh, a Kamala type character where they came yeah. out and they, they were supposedly savages and they would hurt people and... They had uh, Dementia, who wore a hockey mask and came to the ring in a cage with an axe and things like that. You and they had Nokita, who yeah. was, it was during the Cold War, so you oh, had, the, they had Americans, the Russians. The, Ru- the Americans versus the Russians. So you yeah. had to have that, that Russian aspect that almost, you know, like with WWE, you had a Hulk Hogan versus Nikolai Volkov. Yes, they had, uh, Nanuchka was one of the Russians. Um, they had, uh, com- uh, what was her name? Comrade. Uh, 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 t- Tara or no? She was uh, so yeah, was Corporal Kelly, Colonel Nunchka, Nunchka, Nunchka. Yeah, Nunchka. That's hard to say. Yeah, it is. Uh, Tanya was her. Uh, was her other Russian that she had? Corporal Kelly was like an uh, an army. You know, she would come out in camouflage. There was also attaché that was also like a drill instructor. Um. They had Palestina, who um, was uh, she was uh, she carried she carried like a Sinbad knife. Okay, and she came out and would would uh, kind of harass the girls. And, Princess of Darkness. Yeah, I mean there were some great characters. Those are yeah, those are great. Jan- Janet Burroughs played her, and Ursula Hayden played was the same character. Okay, and that was the thing. Yeah, well, Ursula was also one of the farmer's daughters too. Yes, Ur- Ursula actually owns the company. Yeah, uh, owns a trademark now. Uh, and kind of keeps it alive. Which I, I think is freaking awesome. Yeah, it's it's still... I mean, while it's not a company per se, they're not wrestling now, but they do have the the brand, they do have merchandise, they sell videos, and they do different um, appearances. Yeah. Like uh, different conventions around the country. And, well, uh, you know, with and with the TV show that came out for, on Netflix, I think it helped push the... You know, have people remember... Oh yeah, that these that you know Glow was around back in the eighties. Glow was a, I mean, it was a great company. Like I said, where all the other wrestling companies were going very, you know, wrestling oriented. WW, it was WWF at the time, really hadn't even branched into their more cartoony gimmicks. No, this is then. This was before I think the rock and roll era. Rock it was wrestling. It was right about the same time, but they're still they were still serious about the wrestling. Yeah. Back then. And Glow went into a more entertainment aspect where you could watch it. It was a, it was a show. It was in based in Vegas. So you would go to the casino and it was the entertainment at that Riviera Casino. Yeah. It was their entertainment. <clears throat> so that's where they filmed. 
That's where they had their thing. They would do little tours. Now, is the Riviera still around, or did they tear that one down? I think they might have torn it down. I'm not sure. I, I, need so to I know a lot out. of the old casinos are, are just going to the wayside. Yeah, they tore them down and they built a new one. Yeah. I need to find out because that was a very iconic part of... You know what? I'm gonna, I have this device. Oh. I can look it up oh. and see if the Riviera is still around. You mean you have an access to like a, I have a, an access a network to, of information? Yes, I do. Wow, and you can access it from a device that you carry in, right in your pocket. I do. Let's get that's, off of that. That's wonderful. So, the Riviera was a big, a big part of it. They they used it as a backdrop. Like the, the show would always open, and David McLean was the owner and the promoter of Glow, and his uh, office was a phone booth outside of the Riviera Hotel. It closed in two thousand fifteen. Oh, okay. The Riviera Hotel Casino Vegas Strip, uh, Winchester Nevada was operated from April fifty five to May two thousand fifteen. It was oh, last wow. owned. By the Las Vegas Convention Visitors Authority. So, yeah, it is closed. It, yeah, it's probably gone, long gone. But, I mean, it was a big, you know, that was a big selling point. We're at the Riviera Casino, and they, uh, you know, they ran all their shows out of there. So, they were one of the first companies that I can remember that really involved the audience. Uh, they would go out and get items from the audience, you know, they were out there interacting with the fans, wrestling sometimes in the fans' space. Which is way before WWF did that. That's way before that. I mean, some of the other older companies would go into the audience, but these they were actually like, they might be wrestling like right on a fan's lap. You know, they, they would just boom, they're right there in your face. Uh, That's never happened to me. So it, you know, it was a great... Thank God, though. Some of them guys are, some of the big wrestlers are. I know. <laughs> We've come close. Yeah. At some shows. Like, and I've said it once and I'll say it again. I got, my head got licked by a bushwhacker. You're not supposed to tell people that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know which one it was? I think it was Luke. Luke? Did he smell like sardines? They, did they stunk. <laughs> and I love the bushwhackers. The bushwhackers but, are awesome. Yeah. They, but. So, you know, Glow, huge, huge part of what I remember as... Because it was a, it was an event to watch it. Because it was on so late. You had to put in so much effort to watch it. And it was always worth it. Yeah. Because but you know, you know what that sucks is that you, they gave them that, that 2 o'clock, 2.30 time, time slot in the morning. That is, a, that is like the shittiest time to get a TV slot. Well, it is. But I think part of it was at the time... It was controversial to have an all-women's wrestling show. Yeah. It was controversial. Now, some of them were wrestling in, uh, at the time, what would be considered a more risque outfit. They might be in yeah. some lingerie. They might be in, uh, you know, women wrestlers at the time, like you were looking at, at Mae Young and Moolah. They were wrestling more in, like, one-piece swimsuits. Yeah. And this was, they might come out in... Lingerie, or they might come out in something a little more revealing, you know, a two-piece, perhaps. Or Which is of, why a 12-year-old yeah. was staying up till 2.30 in the morning. To watch that, yeah. So that's, it was more a little more risque. And even by the standards of the time, a lot of what you would call traditional wrestling companies, they, they said it wouldn't work. Yeah. It worked. It, they had like four seasons. It worked. And it's held its place in pop culture, I feel, because... These days, 
people still know what glow is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's been been kept alive. So yeah, it's it's a trip down you know down memory lane, but it's also it's like when you see it now, it's like holy shit. Yeah. I rem- you know, I would love to see AEW do something like that. Where yeah, a little more, and I think they're a little more uh, character driven. They're more character driven. They yeah. give they got they've got more freedom instead of like the you know they don't have that that hold that Vince has on his guys. Right. They're a little, a little more free. To yeah. Do what they want. And you know if like say if Glow started up wrestling again, I would love to see them team up with AEW or Impact. Right. And have, you know, you got the gorgeous ladies of wrestling this night, and you got AEW this night, and you got Impact this night. Yep. And then, you know, you have like a battle royal. They could all mix. Yeah. Like yeah. they like like Impact and AEW do now. Right. But it's more AEW goes to Impact, but Impact doesn't go to AEW. Right, right. But I would love to see a, just a big conglomerate. That would, yeah, that'd be great. Because, I mean, those guys, both those companies got great women wrestlers. Yep. And, you know, and when, you know, the wrestlers, like the women wrestlers that Vince just let go, you know, this, this would give them somewhere to go, Yep. you know, and wrestle and have a good career and people would still get to see that character or yeah. even that new adaptation of that, of a different character. A because, different character, yeah. Because they can't take the character with them. Well, and that's what I always, you know, liked about uh, when, when, when WWF started doing the characters and... Uh, you know, glow. There was very character. It, I like to see that. Oh, here is you know a farmer's daughter. Yeah, she's wrestling. Uh, for example, you know, like a, a street punk like Hollywood and Vine. Um, they would they would wrestle, and you could see the personalities. They would really play those personalities. Yep. Or the California Doll, where she was a little a little ditzy. You know, she was a surfer girl. She was a little ditzy, and she would play that character up. They had the cheerleaders, Susie Spirit and her, and her, she had a little cheer squad that, you know, two or three girls that were cheerleaders. So you had all these very, very distinct personalities and very distinct characters that they were portraying. Mm-hmm. And but so then the you, company gave them their character, but they made the character. They, yeah, they would, they would had the ability to infuse their own personality into that character. Uh, sometimes influence the outfits that they wore, uh, like I said, they did little comedy skits where uh, Nanuchka, the the Russian, every episode she would be there by the phone. She'd be smoking a cigar. The phone would ring, and it was Vladimir, her informant. Yeah, and he would always, you know, you never heard him, but you heard her reaction, and it would be him out there misunderstanding something about what he saw, getting it completely fucked up, and then she would like call him an idiot. Uh, but you only heard one side of the conversation. Oh my god, that's awesome! Um, or they would have like the California doll would do uh, like messed up definition. She would say a word, and then she would have her definition of that word that would be completely wrong. Yeah, but hilarious. You know, they would have, have all these different avenues where they worked in comedy. They worked in the music video, so they were hitting it from two or three different aspects. And it really takes, I feel, uh, a, a talented person to be able to hit all those angles and make it work yeah and most of them did i mean most of i think it worked did. i you know I, i've said it i've said it before i think glow was way ahead of its time it was but i think that it's important because it paved the way for what we for got what today. we have today and the the women of glow deserve to 
have that recognition and they have that, you know, they have a place in history. Yeah. Like I said, they were the first all women promotion that had a TV show in the United States. And if they're not in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, was that's in Iowa, isn't it? There's one in Iowa that yeah that just took place. Um, I don't know if they if they have been recognized there. I think they were recognized by the Cauliflower Alley Club. Okay. Um, and they had some uh, some representation there. I think they still work pretty tightly together. With I them. You know, but I think I think they they've got to get you know if they don't have them in the Re- Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, they've got to put that an entire alum. Yeah, they, they need they need and to yeah. have a spot because because they they paved the way. They, you know, of course you had the older, you know, Moolah and Mae Young, uh, Vivian Bashan, all those before, but Glow brought it to the next level. Yeah, Glow was its own, it was its own entity. Yeah, yeah, it, you can't compare it to anything. No. There are, there are some that tried after. You had uh, POW, the uh, uh, powerful women of wrestling. I remember that, yeah. And that was when, when Glow kind of shut down, POW came about. Uh, but I don't think a lot of the girls transferred over. They picked up like Sherry Martell, yeah, and they picked up Luna Vachon, and they all wrestled for POW, and they did a super show. Uh, that I think the, like the Clash of Champions or, or Starcade, one of the one first of did that with WCW. Or yeah, what it was called back yeah then. NWA. Yeah, they did. They worked with POW, um, but they, that was short lived. But yeah, if but Sherry did, Martell went on to do oh, she was amazing. Yeah, yeah, one of the, the greatest female wrestlers ever i loved her character man and yeah she, she was awesome i would have you know if i could have got a chance to meet sherry i would have just geeked out like i did when i met shawnee oh yeah yeah she you know, i'd she, be like hi sherry and then run away yeah bye <laughs> gone yeah so we got to give them props and and you know thank them for what they did to pave the way for what we have now for what we had all through the 80s and 90s it I'll just say it. I attribute it to Glow. Oh, guarantee it. You know they they really made especially it. especially with the stuff that you know what like with what Vince was coming up with in the '90s and the Attitude Era. That was on the end of what where Glow was. That's ending. where they're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they and Vince picked up on that and just went to an, a complete extreme. Yeah, to well, almost I mean took what Glow had and put Vince money behind it. Yep. Yep, that's what happened. He just he he took everything to a different uh, the next level that where Glow brought women's wrestling from the feature. You know, hey, we're gonna have a wrestling beer and we're gonna have a couple women wrestle. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're gonna have a whole hour of women wrestling and you're gonna fucking love it because it was awesome. Yeah, it was, and we lo- and we loved it. Yes, I still, I mean, I still watch watch Glow matches and it's still just as entertaining as it was. Yeah. Because of the the characters. characters and the women behind those characters, they they took them. And if you watch the Netflix series, loosely based on the true story, yeah, I mean you had to add some. There's some drama added to yeah. it, but loosely based, they took women that by and large were not trained wrestlers, and they trained them and put them in this role for a TV show. I and you almost get the feeling it was a TV show about women's wrestling that became a women's wrestling promotion. Yeah, is I, I it seems like the the very beginning it was just going to be a show about women's wrestling and these women are going to play women wrestlers, 
They became they became the women wrestlers, wrestlers. Yeah. and they became their own thing. And I mean, it's it was amazing. Any any final thoughts on Glow? I mean, we kind of babbled about it. But I just want to just remember the good times and watching that and and all that. Do you have any final thoughts on it? No, I mean, like I said, I I you know, like we both said, I think it paved the way to where we're at today. Yeah, and. I've you know I said a little bit ago I would love to see a new adaptation of Glow, you know along with you know team up with the AEWs, not yeah. in or the Impacts or any of the other, you know pro independently owned companies, and just go balls to the wall. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be fantastic just to see them, revive it and take off with it. Yeah, but I'm glad that they there's a great documentary about uh, the women of Glow. That I've I've watched it a couple times and it's fantastic. They had a reunion. They I haven't got a chance to watch that oh, yet. Oh, it's great. But I it's I think it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix or Prime, one or yeah. the other. It was. But I've got it set to watch. It's on my list. And I just it's a fantastic documentary. You really get the story of Glow. So you know, if you haven't seen the Netflix series, maybe watch the documentary, then watch a Netflix series, and you'll kind of get a good background on, yeah. on Glow. Or you can stay tuned to this very show right here, and you can hear firsthand, firsthand from the original Glow Girl. She was the very first one hired. We're going to talk to uh, Hollywood, Jeannie Bassone. So uh, I can't wait, dude! I'm so excited for this. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, we had a, a wonderful chat with her, and uh, we we talked about not only wrestling. We talked about some of her personal. Uh, Retro favorites. We talked about, you know, what she likes from, you know, like the 80s and the 90s and even before. Yeah. So. Uh, super, super. She, dude, she, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> she was an amazing woman to talk to. She, it was, it was a very pleasant conversation. And we, you know, we even got to talk to her a little bit before and after the interview. And she is just, she's fantastic. I know I, I geeked a little bit, but. Yeah. Well, so did I. I mean, you know, somebody that, that you grew up, you know, watching and then all of a sudden it's like hey we're calling yeah you know, we're calling her and, and we're gonna have this talk about her career and then let's just talk about you and and we we went off the rail well we always do we always get off topic but we purposely went off topic because i think it's important when you're you know when you meet someone like this and you get to chat with them yeah we what what she did was on tv we saw that the behind the scenes it's great to, to get the behind-the-scenes story of how yeah. did that happen, why did that happen. But then you get to know the person behind the character. that character. And I'm going to tell you, she's fantastic. So uh, let's, let's go to a couple of uh, commercials here and hear a few words from our sponsors. And then we'll, uh, we'll be back with the Hollywood interview. So stay tuned. Stick around. Check it out. After these messages, we'll be right The gorgeous ladies of wrestling are now on the telephone. And we don't want just any wimps calling us. The Glow Girls can now be dialed directly. We want to hear from real men, capable men. For a good time, call the gals of Glow. Okay, you guys out there, let's hear from you now. Dial 1-900-660-GALS for Glow. $1.50 for the first minute, 35 cents each additional minute. Hey, I'm Mike Fantastic. I'm Audacity Jones. We're the Russian Leg Sweep. Do you love pro wrestling? Do you? 
you should listen to our podcast, The Russian Leg Sweep, on the Cloud Chowders Podcast Network. It's available wherever you find podcasts. Hey, I'm Hollywood. Sure, I like to party, but I won't drink and drive. Alcohol in your system dulls your senses. If you think you can handle a car after a few drinks, you're making a mistake. A grave mistake. Did you know that we have joined a brand new network? No shit. No shit. It's the Sin Nation. Sin Nation? What the? What is that? Synergy Nation Network. It's a group of podcasters that they just have real passion for what they're talking about and a love for podcasting. A lot of these guys are our friends. A lot of them are our friends. And some of our friends we just don't know yet. Yeah. So if you want to check out some great shows, go to sinnation.net. That's S-Y-N nation.net and see all of these awesome shows. And sometimes they do supercasts where all the shows come together. That's actually really cool. It's great, and you can check it out. SinNation.net. Hollywood, are you up to no good? Hey, babe, the farmer's daughter, this stuff is way good. Faberge Organic Shampoo. Of course, wimp. Well, I use it, too. What's that? It's the new Faberge Organic easy-to-use dispenser with pro-vitamin B5. <laughs> hey. Yeah? Ah, uh, this stuff's too good to hit you with. Well, I always have a supply of the new Faberge Organic Shampoo and Conditioner. So should you. Hollywood, now stop that, Hollywood. The second part of our, our glow episode, and uh, we're we're joined by a, a very special guest, wouldn't you say, Corey? I would say so. Yeah. So I I uh, just want to introduce uh, Jeannie Bassone. You may know her as uh, Hollywood. How you doing, Jeannie? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys this morning? Doing very well. Doing wonderful. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Uh, well, thank you. I I can't complain. Despite everything going on in the world, I can't complain about anything. Everything is good. That's great to hear. Yeah. I, now, I know that you, you uh, well, I, I feel that you're the original Glow Girl, and you were the first one hired. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, when we were doing our the auditions, we were actually, they needed, oh, they needed 12 Glow girl, uh, Girls. Like, we weren't Glow Girls yet. We needed 12 girls to do a pilot, and um, there was auditions for them, and we had training, and... I was training Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at a little uh, gym in downtown L.A. And uh, Mondo Guerrero was the trainer for me. 
And um, every time I would go back to the audition, excuse me, to the training, um, I noticed that less and less girls were there. And there would be some new faces. And what they were doing is weeding out the ones that they needed, these 12 girls, to do this pilot. And um, Mondo, it, and I've said it quite a few times, but Mondo had asked, which one of you ladies can ram your head in the turnbuckle and land on your back? And I rose my hand first, David McLean. Um, our producer saw that and said, that is what we want. He goes, in my mind, Jeannie, you were the first glow girl hired. He goes, Americana was second. And Lisa Moretti, a.k.a. Ivory, mm-hmm. was our third third girl hired. Yeah, t- said, Tina Ferrari. Yeah. I got these three chips. I can't, you know, the rest is going to be cake. And so that is how he, and David told me that. He's told me that several times. He sometimes forgets, but he always says, you were the first one hired. So it's kind of cool. That is so awesome. Yeah, we did the pilot, and I did four seasons with them. What was it, what was it like? I mean, uh, obviously, we are we are huge wrestling fans. What was it like working with, with uh, one of the legendary Guerreros? Because they, oh man, those guys are awesome. Oh, those guys are great. Okay, so if you're not into wrestling, like all of the girls, I can pretty much guarantee you that 99.9% of those ladies – that were auditioning and training did not know who Mondo was. I didn't. I had no idea. All I knew is this man was for real. He was tough. And you better follow what he said. Because if not, he was going to make an example of you by putting you in some kind of chokehold and showing everybody that, yes, this is real. So I was scared. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my God. You better do everything he says. Just do it. And you know what? Don't do it half-assed. Don't do, don't give a hundred percent. You give a hundred and ten percent. That's something that I've always followed uh, in my life, in my career. Um, to me, those are the people that stand out. I can tell right away if I'm watching a wrestling match, um, you know, or a- independent stuff or anything. You can tell the people that want it. Well, when you when you got started, and did you actually know it was for a wrestling show, or was it just an audition for acting? Right. So. What they told me, I had a, a, a day job working um, in the medical field, and um, oh, nice. yeah, it just it, all it said was you are going um, to a sports audition. Sports. And they didn't tell us what it was. So when I got up there, and I'm thinking, oh, sports, cool. I know I can do this. I played softball and volleyball, and lots of boys were on my street, so we all played together. I know I can, you know, ace this interview audition well when they said wrestling i had no clue i'm like what the f (laughs) oh my god what am i getting myself into but you know when you're 21 years old 22 you're fearless so Mm -hmm. you just go for it i'm like okay i'm gonna do it and here i am i wouldn't be talking to you if i you know wasn't afraid were you a, a wrestling fan as you know before this Absolutely not. Wow. I know anything about it besides my grandfather pretty much, you know, watching it on television. Uh, I, I always, I remember seeing like in my head, I see black and white, you know, a man in small, tiny little shorts, you know, uh-huh. and they were big, like gorgeous George. But I was kind of like, eh, I didn't know anything about it. But boy, once I got into it and started, you know, wrestling and then the fans getting involved with your characters. There's nothing like it. It's, it's, you know, telling a story, 
and I like the old school wrestling. I really do. I love getting yeah. in there and, and telling that story, good versus evil. You know, and if you're doing your job, and I play the heel, if you're doing your job and they're booing you. You're doing great, you know, then. You're, you're doing great. And at the end of the show, if you're really doing your job, they will be the first people up to for, inter- for autographs. And I'll look at them. I'm like, but you guys were booing me. Booing me. Like, yes, but we love you, Hollywood. Ah, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's thrilling. It's exciting. You know, it makes the job fun. So talking about the, the characters, did I mean Glow was I, I used to Glow was one of my favorite shows. Uh, you know, I was probably about twelve or thirteen. And Cute. I, I would stay Cute. up. Cute of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I would stay up until like two in the morning is when it played on yes. Saturday nights, yes. and I would stay up past you know Saturday Night Live and Freddy Krueger's Nightmares and Tales from the Dark Side, and then get Glow. Oh my God. Oh and God. so that was that was like my Saturday night tradition. And when I would tune in, I would see, I, I've always been a fan of the heels anyways. Yep. So I would see these characters that played out like, uh, you know, of course, Hollywood and Vine kind of, uh, uh, you know, street, street kids, rockers types, you know? And, uh, then you had, uh, dementia was, uh, like a, J- a Jason Voorhees type character. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, but then, but then you were you were opposing cheerleaders and Southern bells and a whole gaggle of farmers' daughters. Right, three did, of them to be exact. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys get to have any input on your character for for this or? So, so when we first were assigned those characters for that first pilot, I remember him showing us a storyboard. He goes, "These are the characters that we need to fill." And I'm thinking in my head, oh, no, there's not, I can't do a Hawaiian. I'm not going to do Spanish red. <laughs> um, you know, I can't do a Russian. I can't do, but I saw Hollywood and Vine, what looked pretty cool. And I saw the characters, Tina and Ashley. I'm like, okay, those four I can relate to. So basically they were kind of, once they got to know our personalities they were able to put us with those characters. And when they said, okay, we have our 12 girls for the pilot. And they said, Jeannie, you're going to be the character Hollywood. I was, I was just like, thank God I am her because and then I didn't really know who that character was. Well, what the hell does Hollywood do? Right. I don't know. Is she good? Is she bad? What the hell is happening? So they kind of guided you and said we were these street punks and that we would steal and pick pocket people's pockets. And that's fine. But, Oh, that's I'm like, awesome! This is boring. This is kind. Of, I go. I gotta change this character. So. So you kind of just you kind of just morphed the character as the series as the seasons went on. Yeah, if you notice, I morphed more into rock and roll. I was watching mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, MTV videos, of course. So you're seeing all those little video vixens. I'm like, oh, the hair's crimped. I'm gonna wear fishnets. I'm gonna wear some lingerie. Um, so, you know, I, I remember on one of our sketches with Aunt Kitty. We weren't supposed to have any logos, but they had no idea what FM Station, which was a local rock club in North Hollywood, California, that we would go and see bands. And I remember wearing that in one of the sketches. <laughs> but they're like, no logos, no nothing. And I'm wearing it. That one got in there, the FM Station t-shirts. So I thought that was kind of cool. Nice. Just my hang. Yeah. And before before each one of your matches, now they had they had a very distinct stable of... Good girls that were managed by Jackie yes. Stallone, correct? 
Yes. Sylvester Stallone's mom. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, Sylvester's mom. Yeah, it was, isn't that crazy? I guess Matt, our director, must have known her and said, hey, we, we need a good girls manager. Uh, and they used Jackie for that. And, of course, we had Aunt Kitty. Aunt Kitty, which yeah. Which was, Aunt Kitty was Matt Simber, our director's aunt. So oh, that wow. was her nephew. So she was perfect for us. She was you know? great. You guys would have your little pre-match. Uh, you didn't do necessarily a pre-match interview. You did a pre-match rap. And did and you? You didn't. You didn't do a pre-match interview. You would. You would rap. You would sing a song. Oh my God! Yes, the rapping thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you're 20 years old, you'll just go. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, I don't know how. I have a hard time doing it today. But. Right. Well, and and some of them. I mean, some of them were. They were all about the character, but some of them were kind of funny yeah. and. And we did those ourselves. Yeah. Hollywood is here to rule the ring. Beating on people is my thing. Yes, that's so cool. <laughs> so it's very funny. It, I, I could go on, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We had all kinds of stuff. I actually, I have in my closet, and I'm looking at it right now, you guys. It is a notebook. It's an old Mead notebook. It has my matches. It has luggage luggage call. Isn't that funny? Luggage call. That's such a weird term. <laughs> Our performance dates in 1988. Wow. It's got lights. It has my rap songs. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, because I had different ones. It has matches, the Russian roulette match, um, just all kinds of stuff in it that's really – I mean, here's one. I don't know. It was like here's ten matches. It was the Russians versus the Southern Bells. Hollywood and Vine versus Funny and Queenie, Debbie Debutant versus Godiva, Dimension versus Zelda. That's oh, very wow. Cool. That's awesome that you, know? you, you still have that. I do. I'm so glad I kept something. Right. <laughs> you know? Now, you guys, part, a big part of the, the GLOW programming as well were these comedy skits that you guys would do. Right, we did those at the end. That was like season four. Right. I think that they were looking for more footage for those shows because that was a one hour show not that we did one whole hour because it was commercials through there but they were looking for more stuff to fill our show with towards the season four and those were fun i enjoyed those they're very campy uh, yeah yeah well yeah because some the, they were fun you were you were featured in almost every one of those at the very end of the show yeah pretty much at the very end of the show i i i think it was myself so it was to do the pilot. I did the pilot in all four seasons. Then the next person was Mountain Fiji, who did all four seasons, and then Nanuchka, who did all four seasons. But I am the only one that did that pilot and came, and then went straight through. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. You guys, it was. Trust me. After season two, I was like getting burnt out. I'm like, ah, I want to do other stuff. I don't want to be in Vegas 24/7. I want to go back to LA. Do my stuff, do my hang. Had a boyfriend who was just not so cool at the time. You know, I you shouldn't. You're acting, and that's what I want to do. So, oh, oh so know, he was he was jealous. Stupid, stupid boys that you know are jealous. Basically, of what you do. So, I wanted to stay back in L.A. So they said to me on season when season three was getting ready to start, they're like, "Okay, Hollywood, we want you to come back." I'm like, "Nah, I'm not coming back." I'm like, wait, 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 let's work a deal. So we did. So I got to get there part-time. I used to come in on a Wednesday, 
they give us who we were gonna, uh, what our matches were, what our sketches were, and um, then we would do a uh, a rehearsal with the cameras, the dress rehearsal on Friday, and uh, do the live show on Saturday, and then I would hightail it to the airport Saturday night and go home. <laughs> Now, was, it was primarily set at the Riviera Hotel, is that correct? That was the first two seasons were at the Riviera, but then um, we moved to a warehouse outside of that so that we could have fire, so we could have oh, uh, wow. more props. Yeah, we, okay. needed, we needed some place where we could um, have more of an audience and more dangerous things going on. Okay, <laughs> so you, you guys were blowing stuff up way before McMahon was. Truly, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think we were ahead of our time. Um, oh, I, I totally time. agree. I mean, if we really were, but a lot of people didn't see it that way. A lot of the pros will sit there and dog this show. Um, but if you think about it, guys, you know, we we had a minimum amount of training only. At least the first twelve, like myself, were trained by Mondo. After that. It started trickling down. Um, we did have the Killer Tomato, who was a great wrestler. She used to date the Alaskan, which was Jay York. And she came in and she trained. And Debbie was very cool. And I was like, oh, my God, this girl is beautiful. She can really do some hardcore. I was afraid of her. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and she was training some of the ladies. And then... The Glow Girls started training some of the ladies that came in in season three and four. So I think if we had more time of better training, you know, but but you know what? If you think we're we're sitting there doing the holds and the moves and we're falling, we're doing our shit now. You can watch it and everybody is giving 110%. All of those girls were excellent in what they did. Um, but like I said, maybe if we had a little more training too. You know, we only did four seasons. That's it, you know, and the girls on the third and fourth, because like I said, a lot of people will dog it, but man, we were ahead of our time. There was no internet, there's no cell phones and all that crap, but the power of television was absolutely huge. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think if Glow was around today, oh, I, I think it would just yes. dominate, because the, yeah, the women, the women in like WWE and, um, what's the other one, um, AEW. AEW. Yeah. I think they are the stars of the show. They they put more effort into it than you see like a lot of these male wrestlers do. They, they really just... do. Those girls are out. Those girls are so good. Oh, look at them. They're just like they're athletes. They got it down. You know, and, and Glow had this little budget. We didn't have a huge budget. We weren't making a lot of money. Uh, you know? Well, I was lucky at the time to get a hundred bucks a day. That's what I and that was killer. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god, a hundred dollars a day. Well, David McLean's office was a telephone booth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, his, his office was a telephone booth out front of the... We loved it. Isn't that great? That's where the campy part comes in. A lot yeah. of people didn't understand our show. They were thinking we were making fun of wrestling. Yeah. And um, It was entertainment. You know, it was entertainment, exactly. Uh, but do you think, you know, back, I would say just prior to, to Glow... Uh, coming about, it seemed like the the women wrestlers were more of a featured part of uh, uh, like the WWF. Let's say they would have one woman's match on the the card, yes. and it would be right. featuring women. They wouldn't even name them. 
Yeah. On the yeah. on the deal. Or they were just ringside like Miss Elizabeth. We've yeah. come a long, long way. You know, and, and people, when you step away from all of that and you look back, you have to give some kind of homage, you know, to our legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, that, hence the Netflix Glow series. Yeah, well, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. What did you think of it? Wow. I was like in shock. I could not believe after, you know, doing this for 32 years that someone would be interested in our show. And it was um, the lady from um, Orange is the New Black. You know, the oh. producer there was like, what happened to that show? And what she actually saw was a DVD that had come out called Glow, the Story of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. The documentary, like yeah. Documentary. Wonderful yeah. documentary. I think that's on Netflix yeah. too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is, yeah, absolutely. It's Glow, the Story of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. There were these two young guys, Brett and Brad, uh, out of uh, Texas, who were doing these little documentaries, and then they were fans of wrestling. They're like, what happened to Glow? And they started doing their due diligence and finding out where is everybody. And thank goodness for them because Gingy Cohen saw that and said, that's it. We're going to do a show. I was thrilled because any anything that promotes the brand is great, like I said, for, the, for our legacy. So I was so intrigued. And I love the show, by the way. I love the characters. I thought they did such a great job. Mark Marin. Was tremendous as the uh, as our director. Yes, he was. Oh, I love him. He's so funny. Isn't he great? I wasn't quite sure about him when I first saw the first season. I'm like, do I like this guy? And then by the second season, I'm like, oh yeah, he's on it. He, I mean, he he was God. he was such a dick. <laughs> you had to love him. I love it totally. But see, our director was even more. Of a dick. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, Mark Mayer didn't even touch a lot of that. You know, I'll, but I'll, I will say one thing. You know, that show, Glow Netflix, um, it, it, it is, it's not exactly, you know, what our show was about. And that's okay. So, they made a little more drama. you got to have more drama. Our, um, for instance, Mark Marin, you saw Mark snoring cocaine all the time. Yeah. Our director never did drugs. He didn't drink. But his vice, he liked to gamble. You know, he'd like to be in the casinos and playing blackjack. Oh. So, you know, some of the Glow Girls didn't dig it. Oh, our director didn't do that. Well, fuck. No, he didn't do that. But don't you understand how television works, people? Yeah, they got to make it. They they have to make it a story. Make it a lot. And you know, give some uh, background or, and make it real drama. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. during during your. I, I loved it. So. It was just. Oh, it was it was great. It was wildly no, popular. It. Yeah, and my daughter loved it. My daughter's nine years old, and she loves wrestling, and she loves all the the ladies wrestling. And she asked me every week, "When are we going back to wrestling?" I said, "I got to find out when it is." But she loved oh, that show. So cool. Excuse me. That's so cool. Yeah, there was no role models. Did you think about for us in the eighties? Who were the role models back then? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Wonder Woman. Who was who was doing stuff back then? Yeah, wrestling wise, you had Moolah and. Windy, yeah, you know, May Young. That's good, but, but exactly. But you didn't see a lot of them either. No, you think like WWE or F, like you just said earlier, there wasn't. There was maybe one match of ladies. Now, yes, we have to give homage too to the um to the independent wrestling scene because what about all those ladies and in the independents? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they were you know. Candy Devine and uh, Rock and Robin, Sherry Martell. Sherry Martell, Penny Banner, yeah. 
I love Sherry Martel. Oh, Penny Banner. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. If you've ever read her book, which is very cool, her stories are amazing. She talks about um, seeing Elvis. Elvis, she said, came to some of her matches. Oh, wow. He would, out, he would wait out in the car, and she went over to Elvis's place. So I, it's just, you know, the... It's very cool. That's crazy. You know? Hey there, so baby. You never, yeah, was a great you match. can't ever forget our legends. You know, without Mildred Burke and, you know. Vivian Vachon. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. I wouldn't be where I was. Well, and I think, I think that Glow put women's wrestling in the forefront because that's the entire show was dedicated to the women. And that's it. So you guys were trailblazers and, and you know, you guys yes. deserve your to be acknowledged as well. Oh, I agree. So. Thank you. Who speak? You know, speaking of you know some of your uh, your opponents and, and your partners, who were of course you had Vine Hollywood and Vine as your tag Correct. team. Uh, who were some other people that maybe you you teamed with or that you really enjoyed working with on the bad girl side? Uh, Broadway Rose came in after Vine, mm-hmm. and I loved working with Broadway. She was a young girl, and she had spunk and spirit. Yeah, she you did. Know, she, was, she was great. I loved working with her. I loved doing a lot of the uh, singles matches. Uh, I worked with MTV, uh, mm-hmm. and she was a hoot to work with. It would have been great. She had left already, but it would have been fun to work with Spanish Red yeah. um, and the Royal Hawaiian. Uh, they were great. They were great heels. So uh, it was just fun. It was just, I loved it. Just, you know. Like I said, telling that story and then, you know, going out into the audience when they're first, you know, introducing you, you have butterflies in your stomach. I don't know why that always happens. You would think that that never, that, that would end, but I always would get that little butterfly in my stomach. That Just that excitement right before you walk out. Totally. But as soon as you're out there, it's like, it goes away. It's just like, now you own the ring and, uh. You're gonna do your thing. Well, that's, that, that, that little butterfly is good. Yes, it is. It keep it, it keeps you in check. It keeps you from getting too cocky. I think. I think so. And that's I, good. That's good. On the flip side, who were some of your favorite opponents and good girls to work with? So it, uh, the girl that I went to high school with, we hated each other. <laughs> we, 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 and that was the farmer's daughter. That was the first farmer's daughter. That was Becky Mullen, bless her heart, because she passed last year. Mm. She had cancer. Oh, but man. anyway, those were the best matches. Those were the best matches because we both knew that we went to the same high school. We both knew that we had friends that were going to watch the show. We both knew that... We're going to kick each other's ass. And man, those names were the best matches. Every time they put us together, I'd look at them. i go, again? Oh, God. <laughs> I her again. And she was such a great character. I, uh, Becky was, she was such a good actress. And was she Sally, the farmer's daughter? Or was she a- Amy? Which farmer's daughter she was, was she? The, the first one. The first. The first. Oh. Season, one in, season one was Becky Mullen. She's the one that wore the red polka dot. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 Amy came in and Amy was a sweetie. I didn't have any problems with Amy at all. And then there was Ursula who owns, who owns the trademark of Mm. glow. She wore the pink. Yeah. She she ended up buying that. She bought the company. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's her. Now you had, you had a very unique uh, move that nobody else was doing at the time. You had a flying, flying head scissors. Oh my God. Yes. So the, yeah, exactly. 
None of those girls. So, okay, so Wanda left, and other girls are training other girls, but it's like, okay, I already know those moves. I got to find something different. So I turn on and watch WWF, and I watched a couple of the guys doing moves, and that one stuck out of my head. I go, holy shit. I go, that, what is that called? <laughs> you know? So, so I didn't know what it was called, you guys. So I'm, I'm making stick people on my little notepad here of how the hell to do this move. <laughs> oh, that is great. <laughs> and I played it in slow motion, and I asked a couple of the girls, what? I go, I go, who wants to do this move with me? And I, it was Tulsa. Uh, the girl that wore the girl that wore yellow. She's a Texas girl, mm-hmm. and um, I did that with her. And man, there's our got to think of our ring wasn't uh, wasn't a pro style ring. It was built a little smaller, um, so that you know the ropes weren't way above our head. So it was it was down a little bit more, and not as wide and not as long. So trying to get momentum to get up when you don't have far to run was difficult too for me to get up that high and bring her down and i wasn't using the ropes i wasn't cheating i wasn't having the ropes help me get up and and bring her down i was literally taking that flying head scissors from the corner and hitting her down oh there was a couple times where i'm like oh my god did i just break her neck oh man (laughs) i mean because our matches would go on we would have 20 minute matches 25 minute matches and if that's going to be my ending by the time 20 minutes is going and you've been going, going, going without resting, getting up that high and bringing her down was sometimes a little tough. Just got to get that adrenaline going real quick and finish up the match. Yeah. <laughs> now, did, now, did did you ever, I know some of the girls, namely like the uh, Chainsaw Spike, the heavy metal sisters, Yeah, they played several different characters. They were the housewives too. Yeah. Erlene yeah. and Phyllis. Exactly. Did you ever so, do that? You know why they played those characters? They because uh, Sharon Spike told everybody that she goes honestly. She goes, my back was bad, but my sister and I were better actors than we were wrestlers. So they had asked if they could do these characters, the housewives, and they did it superbly. They did it so wonderfully, um, and they great. were so funny. So they had went to the director and asked if they could do those characters. Uh, and that's how they became the housewives as well. They don't have, if you watch, there's not a lot of wrestling with them. It's more gimmick. Yeah, there's gimmick. a lot of plungers to the face. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they were really <laughs> tremendous at what they did. They were good little actresses. Although I think everyone, I mean, you didn't, you didn't see a lot of down points in the show. It wasn't like, no. here's a rest, you know, rest match to get you ready for the next big match. It was... No, everybody, like I said, everybody yeah. was as important as the other. There's not one girl that was not, you know, doing what she needed to do. Just, I guess, you know, some, some characters are a little more popular than others. It just depends, you know. I think when I finally got used to an audience because I've never been in front of an audience ever. So that first pilot we did against Tina and Ashley was really scary. And I remember I couldn't even look any of the audience in the eyes, but once I kind of figured out who Hollywood was, what's your character, what does she do? How does she, how is she telling the story? You know, 
once I figured that out and I was comfortable in that skin, it was simple, easy to look at somebody and go, I need your belt right now. And you'd have several guys, Hollywood, my belt, here's mine, here's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely. And I'd grab their belt and, of course, I would use that as a prop, always. And that's what I'm talking about, giving 110% is when, yeah, you're supposed to do this, but you have to add that extra thing. I'd come in 15 minutes early. I'd hide stuff underneath the um, ring, all kinds of props that these chicks had no idea what was under there. Oh, that's and great. Boy, that's awesome. The expression when they have, they don't know what's happening. I, I grab people's beers out of their hands, drink a beer, drink it, and then throw it on the girl and give it back. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was very evil. And so when those things, people love that. They just love, you know, what's not supposed to be expected. Girls would freak out. They're like, Hollywood, what are you doing? Sorry, you know, and, or, or I go to the crew, I go to our film crew, I said, you guys, I need a cord that's going to go from this area all the way to that area, and I need you to put like, you know, a pink or some kind of green neon tape so I know which one to pick, and I pick that sucker up again, wrap it around her neck, throw it into the audience, and that, you, you can tell in my voice that that was just... I lived for that. Oh my God, I that's lived, so I cool. I lived for the unexpected because girls, their, their eyes would go, oh my God, where is this coming from? <laughs> Where Where's it going? Is yeah. it? And where is it going? Yeah. They just all went with it. Nobody ever stopped and said no. They all went with it. Well, so. and that's what keeps the fans talking, you know, that... Shit, yeah. That's what made that's what that's why we're still talking about yeah. Hollywood, you know, and some of the others, you know, maybe you know, they didn't. The they, Russian, look at Nanuchka. Oh, Nanuchka was great, yeah. Her oh, yeah, accent, her accent that she put on, she she was tremendous at that as well. She was such a she great character. So, yeah, I would have liked to, um, well, I did wrestle her, that's right. She turned good in season, I think three or four they mm-hmm. had her but she had a, she had a dance background and people i remember were wondering why is she doing this or why is she wearing pink whatever i mean you know you, i'm glad that they got to switch characters around i kind of wish that that would have happened uh, with me because later on when i did more independent stuff in my own company uh, i play wonder woman and that's a great character to play as well so i can play a goodie you know, baby face just as well as a heel. It's pretty simple. Which one's more fun, though? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, which one's more fun, the heel or the or the baby face? Well, I love the heel, but if you get to wear the Wonder Woman costume, which is pretty hot, that's kind of fun too. Well, yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not going to argue with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned you you're the heel's always better. The heel's always better. <laughs> oh yeah. I can play both. You mentioned your own company, so what? Uh, after four seasons of, of Glow, th- did the company just kind of go away? Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, there was no more money. And when there's, you know, our backer left, which was the, uh, he owned the Riviera Hotel, okay. and he was backing the show. And um, all of a sudden, the money stopped. There's always reasons why. I don't know exactly which one it is. But you get that phone call that says, hi. No more money. We're not doing the show. And it wasn't like, oh, we're going to stop the show in one month. No, it was immediately. We're done. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've been doing this for four years. What the hell am I going to do now? You know, uh, I thought of WWF, but 
I was kind of, I'll tell you what, I did have an audition. I had broken my leg uh, in three places wrestling some girl that didn't know pro wrestling. And I'm naive and stupid, so I decided to wrestle her, and she's doing jujitsu moves on me, and I broke my leg in three places. Oh, and I said, I am never wrestling ever again. And, you know, I did. There was a, an interview for WWE. I was still right in the middle of this broken leg, so I'm trying to hide the atrophy in my leg. <clears throat> I'm still limping. I go down, and um, I see Jim Ross is down there. He's asking me all the questions. Uh, who was your trainer? told him Mondo. He's like, oh, Mondo. And I start wrestling with one of their guys. And the, and the more that he interviewed me, the more that they liked me. Of course, I didn't want them to hire someone who's right in the middle of a broken leg. So I told them right away, I could, you guys, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm right in the middle of this broken leg. And my agent was like, what? Why did you tell them that? I just, you know, I, I think if it's something that you really want, you could work around it. But I'd already been wrestling for four four and a half years on the road, not being a 20 year old. I kind of just wanted, I didn't want rules. I didn't want curfew. I just wanted to go out party and have fun and be with my friends. Oh yeah. Boyfriend. That, that was my mentality at that point. So, you know, again, that's why. And then I started my company, Hollywood Productions, got some girls together and uh, my cameraman, Jeff, and I've been shooting with, with that company since 1996, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Okay. So you, you, you started your own uh, wrestling company. Hollywood Productions. Hollywood Productions. And basically what we would do is I would take scripts from people. I'd look them over and make sure it was something that we could do. Um, and then I charge them a fee. Uh, they get their video. The girls get paid, I get paid, and then I can sell it. And that pretty much has been going on since the 90s. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. You also did, did do some stunt work as well. Is that correct? I did afterwards. So Lightning, the character Lightning, who became a good friend, she came in in season three, mm -hmm. um, had met up with some people that were doing stunts. I remember going on uh, stunt hustles with her checking out stuff, and then I got into it. Um, that's, that's, uh, that, there's a lot of nepotism, obviously, in that one. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, do I want to keep continuing this, or do I want to be a bad girl and just still party a little bit more? <laughs> <laughs> but I did, and, you know, I wish I would have stayed with that more because, you know, we did the son-in-law together. I remember getting the son-in-law, um, and we played mud wrestlers because I went there, and um, they're like, I thought they wanted wrestlers. And they looked at me and they're like, well, actually, this is in the mud. I go, perfect. I go, that's even easier. I go, I've got, you know, we want a really big girl and another girl. So Lightning's my best friend. So I'm like, oh, I've got Lightning. I said, why don't we use Mountain Fiji? And we use Mountain Fiji and the son-in-law. So we're in the first 30 minutes. If anybody ever watches that. I need to watch son-in-law again. Yeah, son-in-law with Polly Shore. Yeah. You'll see us right, right in the, it, it's crazy. It was 1993. Um, when we did that with Polly Shore, and uh, he was a hoot too. Just watching him on a set, you know, just improvised. You know, I didn't see any scripts for him. He was hilarious and he was so funny. So we worked on that. I did some uh, in Living Color. I did Saved by the Bell. Married with Children was one of the first series that um, me and the farmer's daughter with another character, Big Bad Mama. 
that was great. When we went in for that audition, I thought that um, there was going to be, you know, like a regular audition. I thought there's going to be like a hundred girls that I have to audition with. It was only me and the farmer's daughter. They had been fans of our show. I remember meeting them at Nappy, which is syndication. I remember going over and meeting the executive producers in New Orleans, but I had no clue. They were, and they didn't tell us much. I had no clue that they were going to be hiring us for that show. So I remember meeting everybody. I thought we were just meeting the executive producers and the director. I walked into that room, you guys, and we're talking about everybody was in the room from costume, makeup. It wasn't three people were interviewing with. It was like 25 people in there. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So we read the lines. They looked at both of us and said, okay, we'll see you Monday at 9 o'clock. I was so excited to be on Married with Children. Who wouldn't be? That was season four. uh, One of my favorite shows growing up. Yeah. Right. Well, they they were huge. Like you said, huge wrestling fans. Yeah. Uh, They were 1990. We did that in 1990. Yeah, they named they named Al Bundy's family after King Kong Bundy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's they, they're that's how big of wrestling fans it. they are. That's very cool. But then again, on the stunt show, help me get into that. I did um, one called Chuck, where they wanted girls that weren't afraid to handle guns. And uh, in my family, I grew up with my father being in the NRA, and he wanted us to know how to. So he took us. Um, to gun safety classes and so I, I knew how to shoot a gun so you know the more the more things that you have on your resume uh, skills the more work you get so uh, I had a I had this uh, machine gun and there were four of us and I remember the stunt coordinator looking at us quickly really fast and he looked at me I was the fourth girl he says okay remember this he says I want you to hold the gun above the actor's face when you pull the trigger. I said, okay. He said, remember, you have no pads on, so don't hit your head. Yeah, it's, remember, your gun, he goes, the one you have is heavy. Don't hit your face. Um, I, there was all these things, and then they went, action, boom. Oh, yeah, and you're the fourth girl that's going to land. And make sure you don't hit the girls next to you. So it was oh, like, shit. go, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and we, all, we did it in two takes, so that was pretty fun. <laughs> in the days of our life, uh, seriously, you're like, oh my God, you're trying to remember everything you just said, and then we did, we did it. You know, those that's how it works on those. You don't have a lot of time with stunt people, but you get it right. Obviously, you want to do it right the first time, and then they usually take a second take. Obviously, Days of Our Lives was another one. I stunt doubled for um, an actress there. Um, Loved it. Uh, Jag, uh, that was my first one, I think. I think we were in a wrestling ring, which was perfect. So I, I asked the stunt coordinator, I said, hey, I said, I, uh, may, uh, may I suggest some moves for this? And I choreographed all of it. Oh, wow. And of course, yeah. And he, he, and he let me do that. And then, of course, he's the stunt coordinator. And so he goes, how about if we also add this? I go, perfect. And, and you know, so it was fun to work on, on Jag. And then Beneath Walkness was funny. It's just one of those horror B kind of movies. Those are our favorite kind of movies. Those are great. Oh, my God. There's, then there's Spanguli. I was talking about this last night. Do you guys watch that? You know what? Do you have Do you have Me TV or where they play all the, like... Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, we do. And Gilligan's Island. Yeah. And yeah, Spanguli. He's, so, like, he's just in Chicago, isn't he? Well, he's he's nationwide now. Which is great. He 
like the Facebook page, but last night was the mummy, but we were out, so I taped it. But some of his sketches are so freaking funny, and I am like a huge, you know, nerd on those horror movies, and, and the, the, the cheesier the better, because I can sit there and laugh at this stuff and go, ah! It's like wrestling sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're really big uh, horror movie fans as well, and and you know, we talk about all kinds of things from, you know, the 80s and 90s here on the show. Right. What are some, what are some of your favorite uh, retro 80s and 90s horror movies? Oh, God, I love, I don't know if it's just all 80s, 90s, but I there's a book called My Favorite Horror Movie, number two. And uh, this guy named, just director Christian Ackerman asked me, I want you to be in this book and I need you to write 750 to 1200 words on what's your favorite movie. Hmm. So I went in and wrote this thing. Uh, I, my first one, now this is old, you guys, because this is 60, so I start with Night of the Living Dead. Everybody has to love that, mm-hmm. right? That That's one of my favorites. Um, then in high school, it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So when, yep. when that came out, you know, that's teenage babysitting day so that made it really scary because i'm babysitting you know and i'm thinking oh my god is that you can be lurking around in the dark corner at one of the houses that i <laughs> <laughs> the boogeyman right? so texas chainsaw massacre saw that at the drive-in of course there's carrie yep uh, carrie was just scary of course and um uh, i always will love the shining and that was my favorite that just that's i introduced my son to the shining that was his first real take on a scary movie and he loved it uh, yeah the shining's I, good that, that's just crazy because he's just so screwed up and then my parents took us to see phantasm i had to i remember we're not even you have to be a certain age what is it is it 17 i don't know was it 17 or 18 i, I think phantasm was a 17 17 yeah. and over yeah 17 so we're in high school and dad and mom have to take us to see you know, but mom and dad sat way in the back, and they were always cool like that. So I'm sitting there watching Phantasm, and the first scene I think are people having sex. So I know my mother is probably back there going, "Oh my God, Pete!" Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like my mom. So just very funny stuff. But yeah, fan- the better. Phantasm is one that doesn't get a lot of love, and I I, no, I, yeah, I enjoy Phantasm. So, you know, and I almost, I just forgot about it, actually. I just thought about it just by, I probably would have put that in my uh, thing. Poltergeist, remember seeing that? Poltergeist, oh, oh yeah. That's, Poltergeist is a great movie. It sure is. That scared the crap out of me because I will wake up at 3.33 and go, oh my God. It, no, no, that's Amityville Horror, sorry. That's Amityville, yeah. At 3.33. But Poltergeist, that, that's scary too. That's, uh the poltergeist, you always have to wake up and check the tree outside your window to make sure it's not coming through. Yeah. Or the clown. Right. Yeah, or the clown. <laughs> the clown's not under your bed. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. And all the King Kongs. Everybody likes the King Kongs. Oh, yeah. King Kongs are great. Those Godzilla, are great yeah. Right. So, in addition uh, in addition to horror movies, you are quite the fan of, of hair metal and hair bands. Yes. So, well, that started... Like, as long as your show. No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll make it quick as I can. So yeah, you can talk as long as you want. Music. Mom and dad were always into music, tons of music. We always had the radio on in the house. Um, we're in California, KHJ 90. I'm trying to think what it was. But anyway, we always had music. But next door was a guy that had a band. 
And I'm only in elementary school, and the band would play outdoors, not play, but they were rehearsing. Mm-hmm. So they would rehearse out. And you could do that back then. You could rehearse without people bitching and calling the police right. in California. Yeah, you can't so do that now. To, yeah, probably not now. I don't, I don't, but anyway, as a kid, bands would rehearse outdoors if they didn't have the garage space. So I always thought they were the Rolling Stones because they were doing covers, but it was a live music. So that's my introduction to live type of music, mm-hmm. you know, at a, at a young age. And then um, a kid across the street moved in. This is later. And um, he played in a band from Boston and they were called Trapper. And I remember, so that was my first introduction to dating somebody that was playing in a band in California. So I started going to the shows and watching them play. But then of course, all through high school and junior high school, I love the music. So kiss, yep. you know, in seventh grade, all the boys had kiss shirts and hats and buckles. And uh, I always sat next to some boy that on his peachy folder would have Led Zeppelin and ACDC and Aerosmith and Pink Floyd and Black Sabbath. And I'm like, oh my God. So I had all of those albums. And of course, we had a station, I think it was KMET 94.7 KMET that played all of that stuff. And I loved it. So I wasn't a, a Journey fan at that point or more mellower music. I remember my friend in seventh grade, I guess this is 1978. She liked the Beach Boys. Well, 78 is Van Halen. Oh, yeah. I love Van Halen until to this date. I mean, you know, so I went to all the concerts. I was going to concerts um, as soon as I turned 16 or 17. I wish I was going younger, but I didn't have older brothers and sisters. They were younger or anybody like my parents were into that kind of music. Uh, So, um, but boy, I went to a festival in 19... 83, I was there, Van Halen, um, played that concert, Molly Crew was there, I uh, love it, Judas Priest, and so there there was my love for, for that, for live music, so I've always had a, a passion for it. I think on my first car that I got, I had a 73 Plymouth Barracuda, and it looked rad, it had these Corvette lights, it was white with this black top, and I had this sticker on the back that said Zeppelin, and I told myself, I will never sell this car, and I will never <laughs> take the sticker off this car, what did I do? I sold the car. Like an, uh, oh, such a cool car. Man. Well, you, and you were in California at the time, so yeah. that was kind of the hotbed of all of the, you know, the LA scene. The yeah, the whole LA scene, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you got to see them before they were big I a lot of yeah, but I never saw Motley Crue when Motley Crue, I guess, was playing the club scene. I was doing Glow. Um, okay. I don't remember oh, seeing yeah. any of the live shows for them, unfortunately. So probably a good thing that I was busy. And those four years, you know, 80, what was it? Uh, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. I was living in Vegas and part-time California. But boy, it, it was pretty cool. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because Molly Crew played. It was I think so Molly Crew played the, the whiskey like in '85. Yeah. So after being a, a very successful uh, and trailblazing wrestler, and embarking into your your uh, stunt and acting career and all of that, uh, yeah. what what do you what do you do these days? I know you have your own business. So so yeah, I have my own. Well, that started about two and a half years ago. I, I like 
things that are natural, you know, kind of natural. And soap was one of them. I used to go places and go, oh, this soap is cool. What's in it? I'd look and check what was inside, you know, how do you make it? And um, I just decided to do some due diligence and do my homework and buy some books and look at videos and see how it was made. And I started making mine and I would give it away and say, try this, try this, try this. And then um, I have a little Etsy store. I did a, I thought I would call it Hollywood Botanica and I spelled Botanica with a K. And um, I started selling it. And then the pandemic happened, you guys. And all of a sudden people need to wash their hands more. So, oh, wow. so it, it, it took off pretty well. And then my friend which is my, my boyfriend's good friend, um, Rachel Bolin from Skid Row. He was way into wow. the soap business <laughs> as well. Yes. And he, he always told me he was actually about 10 minutes from us. And Rachel's like, Jeannie, he goes, will you help? Will you make my first soap? So there's three soaps that I still make for his company. We just both love doing it. He actually texted me this morning. He goes, I need eight, 18 tea tree. I'm like, okay. But he actually makes his soap. So I'll just do three for him. And then he comes up with the other, the rest of what he does. But Hollywood Botanica is my store. And, um, you know, the, the soaps are all natural. They're made with organic coconut oil, olive oil. I use shea butter and castor oil. And basically it's distilled water and a little lye. That's it. Sometimes I use goat's milk and I'll do a goat's milk soap. But I love it. It's fun. And I enjoy doing it just as much as being in the ring. It's just something that's totally different. And on my off time, I can do. So actually, when I get done with you guys, either in a little while, I'll start with a batch of soap for Rachel and um, maybe make mine later, but fun stuff. Well, and you're very... And then we do conventions, and then, of course, the conventions. And, you know, those are all starting back. I've got a new comic uh, by Squared Circle. John Crawler wrote it. The artist is Carlos Tron, and it's a very cool... I love this because it starts about... Uh, several matches that I did that it will go into when I was playing softball. My father was my coach. Uh, it'll show me doing some homework on the bed. And in the background, this colored 25 page comic, it's got posters of Kiss and ACDC, which is very, very Oh, wow. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's cool. And it has married with children in it too. So it's a cool, uh, it's a cool comic. And um, I think they just did, the ones that just came out that they did is myself, Bruno San Martino, and the Rock and Roll Express. So they, oh, cool. They, they do all kinds of oh, he, uh, wrestlers. You're in good company so, there. Uh, yeah. They're called Sports Circle is their name, and they'll all do Daytona uh, Comic Con, which I believe is in September. Yeah, I think it's September. And a big event's coming, big event I do in New York every, almost every year, depending on what promoter hires me. That's a, that's another legend signing. That's um, November the 13th. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard of CAC, which is the Cauliflower Alley Club. I'm going this year. Yeah. I'll be there. Oh, cool. You're going to be there? Cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah, come introduce yourself. I only will be able to do a couple of the days. So I'll get in on a Sunday. I'll be able to do Monday and Tuesday. But then I need a rest in between because we have animals. And then my boyfriend's in a he's place with Ace Freely. So he's on tour. Oh, that's awesome. He starts his tour in September, uh, opening up for Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. So I've got dates here where there are my dates and his dates. And we have animals. And we spoil the shit out of our little sweet cat. So I don't want to be gone too long to leave them alone. I'm a good cat cat person yeah me too and then we do the, you know i just know my cats are lala and jaja and they are sweet sweet little little things waking me up every morning at 5 a.m 
Do they do they paw your face like mine does? They don't go into my face. They go into Ryan's. They'll get on his neck. One of them just loves. She was taken away her mom when she was tiny, so she's still suckling on mm. it, and she likes his neck. I go, you know what? I go with your scruffy beard, dude. I go, she thinks you're a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always laugh about it. We always make fun of them. I go, she thinks you're a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I. I w- what I think is great about, about your company is you go almost, what I've noticed at least, almost every day you're on Facebook Live, you do a little exercise, a little stretch, and then you'll right. say, let's go cut some soap. And you yeah, involve exactly. your customers. It's like, this is your soap. Yeah. I'm cutting it. Yeah. And I know. People tell me all the time, they're like, Jeannie, oh my God, we just think there's something so serene and peaceful of you cutting up your soap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's cool. Oh, yeah. that's so and awesome! Then, of course, I have my fans that come come on and check it out. And I, I started doing the exercise stuff when we had nothing else to do when COVID hit and everybody's at home. I go, let's do exercise. And I wasn't going to the gym at all, so I'm like, oh, let's do a little stretch real quick. You know? Yeah, and it's but, it's uh, a, it's an it's insp- kind of inspirational because you're talking about stretching and, and your little positive messages. You know, and something that. I, if I see that you're on, I'll take a little break at work and sit down and, you know, say hi and, and watch for yeah, a few minutes. You know? up. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And I'm not on long. You guys, I'm on like 10, 13 minutes of that, maybe. Yeah. But I think but, it's a good, um, it's a good thing, a good way to reach out and touch your fans, you know, that it really is. Yeah. And, you know, and during COVID, I have a friend too. He's a, he, um, his name is AJ Devlin. He wrote, he has a trilogy of books and they're very cool. Uh, fiction and he plays a character named hammerhead jed they're mystery crime novels but he uh is this private eye during you know nighttime or day and then he also is a pro wrestler so it's very cool but he had asked me you guys if i would be if i would write a little blurb on the back of one of his books so his second book is called rolling thunder and his name is aj Devlin, he is a New York Times best-selling author. AJ so, Devlin. So to have the blurb on the back of the book is so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that is great. That is freaking yeah, awesome. So, I mean, I had I had to give that shameless plug to me and to AJ because he's awesome. When we're thinking about running, he's thinking about writing a a takeoff, a spinoff from a, a character off of that, and so that might happen. Who knows in twenty twenty two? And then there's my book. My biography is put on hold because of COVID. So. There's that. Uh, you haven't seen any gold books come out yet. So no. I've been working on it, you guys, for a long time. I actually uh, have the gentleman who wrote Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, which is Dan Murphy. And Dan Murphy said he would be honored to write it. So we have um, uh, a pitch, another pitch, actually, to ECW Press in Canada. And we'll see what happens with that. So. Wish me luck. That's very cool. Oh, yeah. Good luck on that. I hope yeah. I can't wait yeah. to actually read that. Oh, yeah. See, then, then you get pictures and stories that I haven't told. You and, know, you have to be careful what you say because, oh, well, I already know that. Well, she already said that. Well, we already know, you know. So I try to keep some stories for that. And, of course, photos, not people that haven't seen some of the photos that we took with Glow. I have a lot of those. Yeah. Well, you can put some of your uh, pages from your your great notebook that you found there. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh my God, you guys! You know, I'm looking. We we had to do all of our our wraps, um, but yeah, I will definitely put these pages in here because there's matches. There's full matches in here. 
you wow. know, drop cake, drop kicks, and face smashes, and I'm, I'm looking at these arm drags, reverse face, I'm just rereading my writing, my writing is horrible. <laughs> oh, the, you have the actual the actual uh, plan for the, the individual matches, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah they, they wanted us to do that, you guys, they always wanted us to write it down, and then of course, like I said, little John Coliseum, and Greenwood Civic Center, the Cajun Dome, the UN, the UNO Arena, Centraplex. These are just crazy. Chattanooga Civic Center, Macon Coliseum for the little, you know, chores that we did. Oh, wow. And then here's a wrap real quick. It's like Hollywood is back to rule the ring. Beating on people is my thing. Another year of having fun and making my opponents run. Oh, my God. That's yeah. awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You had to do that. <laughs> so. Wrestling <laughs> has been good to me. Let's just say everything has been good. That, that is that's awesome. While, while you're while you're plugging stuff, do you want to plug your social medias where people can uh, can see it? So yeah, no problem. Of course, if you guys are Twitter people, I'm at Glow Hollywood. If you like Instagram, it's Official Glow Hollywood, and for the soap, it's on the Instagram. It is Hollywood Botanica, spelled with a K, and the website is also HollywoodBotanica.com. Awesome. We'll put links for those up in our show notes for you. And, thank you so much. Uh, we, we just want to thank you for talking with us here uh, t- yeah. you know, this morning. And, uh, Corey and Mikey, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. If you want to talk to the show, drop us an email. RetroPowerHour at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.